for you. We uh, send forth uh, blessings upon your life. Uh, we are thankful that you were uh, chosen to to listen to the broadcast, and we just honor your presence. We thank God for those that are uh, with us this morning, our, our, our local church family, and uh, we're just giving God praise and we're giving God glory. We want to continue from where we were on last week. We talked about uh, <clears throat> what do you see, and this will be what do you see part two. Last week we dealt with what do you see part one, and uh, we're just thinking, praising God that it was just such a, a profound word that the Lord had sent. And um, now as we were going to continue, um, I, I always look for confirmation. I, 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 that, that's just me. Uh, to making sure I'm hearing God. I know that I hear God. Uh, but then this morning, uh, Dr. Mellon came back and he said something uh, in, uh, pertaining to the word. And I knew then that um, this was where we were supposed to continue to go about um, what do you see. Father, bless your word. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Uh, the first place we're going to go to is the book of James, chapter number 5. But before we, we, we go into to that particular verse, we want to revisit um, that part one. We've gotten dealt with the mind, and the mind consists of uh, our memory and our imagination, and he also shared with us uh, in regards to perception. And it's through our mind sometimes that the way we perceive things, and the text that the God gave us on perception, it had to do with um, you know, the Israelites uh, uh, going into the promised land and how they perceive themselves. And they perceived themselves as grasshoppers when they looked at the enemy. Even though the enemy were giants, they, their perception of themselves were as grasshoppers. And then, therefore, they thought that's how the enemy saw them as well. And then the Lord let us know that we should always go back into the arsenal of, of our memory and pull out our victories because whenever a new giant comes into our lives and there will always be a new giant, that we have to reach back into that memory bank and pull out to pull out those victories that we had. And he dealt with, with, with David and Goliath. And how uh, David literally saw Goliath because he reached back in his memory when God allowed him to, to kill a bear and a lion. And so therefore he knew because of the power of God that he was able to slay this giant. And we all have giants in our lives. So therefore we must understand that when we reach back into the memory, that memory bank, and pull out the positive things, those victories, then whatever giant we are facing, that giant will fall. This is something we have to conceive in, in our mind. And then God began to share with us about imagination. See, the, the, sometimes the memory is like a little closet, and, and that's all that we see. And most times people pull out the negative rather than the positive. Rather than pulling out the victories, they, they go to their failures and their losses when they reach back into their memory bank. And then what God says now, he, he shows us about a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. 
And she found herself in a place where she was supposed not to be, but she believed that if she could just touch the hem of of his garment, therefore the imagination, the imagination is like perceiving the universe. We can travel anywhere in our minds if we have the mindset to do so. And so today God says continue dealing with that mindset because it's important how we think, what you see. Everybody doesn't see the same thing. And so now God says, we're going to go now and we're going to look at um, the story about Elijah. And this is uh, phenomenal. You got to see it. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. If you have it in your mind that, no, this is not going to happen, then it's not going to happen. But if you can see it by faith now, you have to see it by faith, then it will come to pass. Now, in the book of James, chapter number 5, looking at verse number 17, because our, our, our verse that God gave us last week is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So whatever you think, that's what you are. Whatever you think, that's what you can become. Amen. Whatever you think is what you can become. Now, looking at James chapter 5, looking at verse number 17, it says, Elisha, which means Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as what? As we are. Hmm. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of how long? Three years and six months. Now, he says Elijah is just like we are. Same, we have the same passion. He said like passions. So if he did it, that means we can do it. But it has everything to do with your mindset. It has everything to do with your mindset. If you don't believe you can, then you can. You have to believe that you can because the, I, I do not like for the word can't to come up in our vocabulary. So oftentimes we all say can't. I can't do this and this won't happen. I can't. No, we have to believe. Just like Elijah, the Bible, we have to believe what God's word says on paper. This book, the Bible, is God's mind on paper. This is God's mind. It says here we have the light passions. Elijah was a man subject to light passions as we are. He went through things just like we do. He was fearful sometimes, just like we do. But the thing is, we should also call out the things that he, was, he did that help us to understand there's nothing impossible with God. It said it didn't rain. He prayed. Now, how many people really believe in your prayer? That's the next thing. You've got to believe in what you're praying unto God for. Whatever you're asking God, whatever you're petitioning God, you have to have faith. Sometimes it will happen right then and sometimes it won't. Here lately, things that we've been praying for just been, I mean, just happening. And I just think and praise God that, that the Lord is allowing our prayers to be answered when we take them to the, to the courts of heaven. Now, that three and a half years, if you, if you look at it, that's like 42 months. You know, it's, it's like the first half of, the, of the, uh, the tribulation, the great tribulation. But I don't want to get into that part of the numbers, okay? So now let us go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 17. What do you see? It's a question in your mind. What do you see? If you have an issue... And you need to be delivered from that issue. 
If you don't see yourself delivered, you'll never be delivered. If you see yourself always without, you will always be without. What do you see? What, what do you see? This is a question for, is for every individual. What do you see? What do you see? Now, uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17. Uh, we're going to deal with, with the, the story, you know, in regards to Elijah, okay? And we're going to see what he saw. We're going to see what his servant saw. And, and the perception is, is, is one of the most powerful things that we have. Now, verse 1 in chapter number 17, and 1 Kings says, and, and Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain uh, these years, but according to my word. Isn't that not powerful? He says there will not be any dew nor rain according to his word. We, we understand in the book of James it tells us it was three and a half years. When you look in the book of Luke, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 25, it also talks about it was three and a half years. So here it is, the first thing he says to him. Now Ahab is that spirit that draws us away from God. See, we have to learn to speak to that spirit, okay? The first thing he says, do, there will be neither do nor will there be rain these years. Now when he's talking about do, now, do is the, the command blessing of God that falls silently. Have you ever thought about when you wake up in the morning and sometimes there's dew on the ground? It, 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 when it falls, it's very silent. You don't even know it's falling. But it's an indication of the command blessings of God. So in other words, God has commanded the dew to fall to, to bless the earth so the earth can bless us. They are command blessings of the Lord. Now, he talks about the rain. The rain is the divine blessings of God. This is what God sends forth, the divine blessing of God, the rain. You know, we, 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 yesterday was just a rainy, 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 rainy day. Amen. A rainy day. Amen. And sometimes we will, comp- we will forget when we were in a drought and pray for rain, and when rain does not come in the season that we think it should come in, when it does come, what do we do? We complain, right? We, we complain. Amen. Because, you know, I found myself, you know, even though God had given me this word, I found myself complaining, especially when I was caught up in a downpour. Amen. Got to be real. Amen. Got to be real. It it was a downpouring and you could barely see. You didn't know if somebody else was going to cross the lane or whatever. But I had to to look, had to learn to look at it. God, this is a blessing from you. Because a few months back, we were in a drought and needing rain. And so he knows how much the earth needs in order for us to be blessed. Amen. Now, in, in some places, when they get, when they get the, the rain downpouring, it, it might be a bad time as far as the timing because it may ruin some crops. But then in other areas, and we're going to show you that too, in other areas, it might be somebody's in a drought praying for rain like California with all the fires. But, but we have to look at rain as being a blessing from God. I, I, I remember um, 
a situation. This just came to my mind when, when I was in Haiti that the little children, whenever it would rain, because it didn't rain that much there, whenever they would rain, the little kids would just run around and they were just praising God because of the rain. It's ironic that, that some people know how to praise God for rain because they have been without it for so long. So we need to learn how to understand rain is a divine blessing from the Lord, okay? So here Elijah, he tells Ahab, the Ahab spirit, he says, it's not going to rain, nor are you going to get due for these many years. You have to understand why all of this happened. Israel had turned away from God. You know how it is sometimes when God really blesses us so much and then we lose sight of his goodness and we find ourselves straying from God? Anybody ever stray from the master besides me? <laughs> we can be real. And all them holy folks and that say, you know, no, you know, I ain't never strayed. Well, depends on what your mind calls straying. Amen. Because to stray away from God is, is to be living outside of his will. Amen. So, so here it is now. He, 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 he speaks to him because he, he has a victory on Mount Carmel. He has this victory. And, and he begins to tell, he's telling the king now, he said, listen, it's not going to rain. The dew is not going to, you know what she said, you are not going to be blessed by God. Then he said, until I say so. That was a powerful man of God. That was a powerful prophet, okay? Now, let, let's continue. In verse number 2, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Watch what happens now when God will allow you to speak a word into someone else's life, especially if it's a word they do not want to hear. Amen? Now, he says in verse 3, this is God's instructions to him. He says, Get thee hence. And turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook, Sherith, that is before Jordan. Now, he tells them now, you have to go by the brook. Now, the brook is where the, 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 the word of God uh, flows freely upon your soul. It's, it's where, the, where, where the word of God flows freely upon your soul, that, that brook, that, that river. It's where the word of God flows freely. Have you ever been in a situation where it seemed like God's word just didn't flow in your life? It seemed like it was, uh, it was just shut up. You know, you couldn't hear him. I don't know about y'all, but a lot of times I get there and I'm like, God, what's going on? You need to talk to me. I, I, this is how I talk to God. I say, God, you need to talk to me. Amen. It's, it's, it doesn't feel good when, when you're used to the, the flowing of God's word to just flow. I mean, revelation just coming. It's just flowing. And all of a sudden, he just, you get nothing. It, it doesn't feel good. But he tells him now, I want you to go by this book. And see, this book, he sends him to a place of isolation. Whenever God uses you to speak a word, regardless of where it is or who it might be to, God will put you in a place of isolation. He will hide you from the world because there are some things that that has to take place in us. Amen. He will hide us from the world. It's not always good to be caught up in the world, especially when God is using you. Okay. Now watch what happens here. We're going to travel with the text. Remember now, the brook is where the, where the word of God flows freely upon your soul. He puts him in that place of isolation. Watch verse number four. It says, and it should be, God's speaking to him. 
And it shall be that thou should drink of the brook. Okay, remember that the drought has been called forth. He said you should, be, you should drink from the brook. And then he says something interesting. And I have commanded the who? The ravens to feed thee there. How pacific can that be? When we think about a raven, we think about a raven. Think about at this moment, think about what your thoughts are saying about the raven. At this moment, that word raven, God sends a raven to, to feed him. He tells him, I'm going to send a raven. Now, you understand now, a raven we, we, we perceive to be a scavenger, okay? Someone that's want to come and eat it up, you know, whatever. It's a scavenger. But it also has another purpose. In the book of Genesis, you know, God sends out the raven as well. You know, as well as the dove, he sends the raven. Now, when you, when you begin to look at the raven, it's, it's not only it's, it has to do with your perception, okay? The first thing we want to look at, the fact that it might be, it, it's a scavenger. But what it also represents is the presence of, of the Lord where he's preparing you for impending change. See, it's according to what my mind, imagination, according to what my mind will take me. Okay, that raven is no longer a scavenger in my mind. That raven is one that's preparing me for the impending change that's coming in my life. So the next time you see a raven, okay, or some any type of bird we call a scavenger, we might want to look at it and say, okay, God, what are you really saying? Okay, what are you really saying? It's, it represents impending change. Why, how do I know that? All right, looking at verse number six, verse no, verse number, um, verse number five. So the the Bible says, so he went and he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went he dwelt by the book, and then it says there before Jordan. Jordan is the spiritual stream of life. Verse 6 says, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Remember, he's prophesied now that there's going to be a drought. There won't be any rain. But God feeds him. When everybody else may be in a drought, when those around you may be in a drought, if you're in a relationship with God, God will always take care of his people. Amen. If, if you don't understand that, I don't care what, what anyone else is going through. When they talk about difficult times and hard times and, and, and what's coming for us, we have to understand God will take care of his people. Now, God will take care of his people. Now, look, let's look at now verse number 7. It says, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. After a while, what do you do when your brook dry up? What, what do you do when you don't have what you normally expect to have? What, 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 what do you see when, when, when things does not seem to be at a place where we think it ought to be? What, what, what do you see? What, what, what do you see when, 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 the, when the, at one point the, 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 the word of the Lord or the river or, or is flowing in your soul and everything is going well and all of a sudden you hit a hard spot? 
Well, what do you see then? What do you see? And why do we see what we see? And what is God trying to show us? Okay, I'm glad we ask. Amen. I'm glad we asked. Okay. Now watch, watch, watch this. Watch where God sends him after this. He says, the brook dries up. Okay. He said, there's no rain in the land. Now verse 8 says, and the word of the Lord came unto him. Now he's giving him a second instruction. Verse 9 says, he says, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, that word, Zarephath, that word there, that word means a place of refinement, a place of purification. You remember looking at the fact that the raven represented uh, to prepare for an impending change, a change in your life. What was the change going to be? Refinement. The change was going to be purification. See, why do you think God separates us sometimes from the world? He wants to purify, purify us. He wants, he wants to make sure that the next move he has for us, that we're able to do it. Okay? We have to be refined. There's, in, refi- in a refining process, that's, that's hurtful. That's painful. When you're purifying gold, you put it in the fire. How, how many times have we been put in the fire? And I'm not literally talking about fire, that kind of fire, but the trials and the tribulations of your life has been like fire. feel like you're about to get consumed by it. So we want to ask us, God, why am I going through all of this? Why is it so difficult right now? God said, I'm just trying to refine you. I'm just trying to purify you. So that's the impending change. That impending change is to make sure we are cleansed and ready for the, thank you, Holy Spirit, ready for the coming of the Lord, or ready for the next situation that's going to take place, or the, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit, or the next assignment that God has for us, okay? You remember now we talked about the rain, you know, uh, some people can, have you ever been in a, in a congregation or uh, among people where it seems like they're being blessed and seem like you're not, or you're being blessed and seem like they're not? Okay, now you keep your place in First King, First King chapter 17. Let's go to the book of Amos and see if we can't get an understanding on that. Amos chapter number 4, and we are looking at verse number 7. This is Old Testament. Amos Amos is right after the book of Hosea, okay? And Hosea is right after the book of Daniel. Find the book of Daniel, then you find the book of Hosea, then you can find the book of Amos, amen? And understand, and we're going to understand why sometimes God's hand is withdrawn, okay? Are we there? Now, are we there? Now, I'm going to read verse 6. Verse 6 says, in Amos chapter 4, he says, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all of your cities and want of bread in all of your places yet look at this latter this latter part yet have ye not returned unto me saith the lord some trials in our life is to 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 bring us back to god because we may have strayed okay some trials some things he brings into our life okay 
But we see trials as things that are, are, are very difficult or, or the hardship or pain and suffering. And we don't want to go through trials and tribulations. But what it is, is bringing us back to God. See, sometimes we can get so comfortable and, and, and serving God or, thank you, Holy Spirit, we can get so comfortable and going to church. Uh, uh, a place of fellowship because we are the church. The building is just an Ephesus where we come and reside. And we can become so comfortable in doing that that we, we've, we lose the, the, the main reason that God brought us to this place called earth. He wants a relationship with us. It's not about what you do. A whole lot of people think about doing this and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. We are not doing beings. We are human beings. And God designed us to have a relationship with him. Okay? Now, let's look at this rain. Okay? Now, he says now, he tells them, this one situation, I did this for you to return to me. Because, see, Israel at that time has strayed from God. Same way with us. There are times when we stray from God. Now, look at verse number 7. Verse 7 says, and also I have withholding the what? The rain from you. Rain is nothing but the divine blessings of God. He says, I have withhold uh, the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. Can you, can you put yourself in the farmer's position? When they had everything going, it seemed like everything was working out and they were going to have a, a great crop. All of a sudden, here comes something that ruins that crop three months before harvest. I can imagine how they feel. I really can imagine how they feel. Because, see, sometimes you can put your faith so much in man that you forget to put your faith in God. And, see, when people begin to put their faith in man and think man can deliver them, and not put their faith in God, who is the deliverer, they will become disappointed every time. We'll become disappointed every time. That's why it's so important to have a relationship with God. So he says, now three months before harvest. Can you imagine? Let's bring it home. Can you imagine having a little garden, and you go out there, and you look at that thing, and oh, it, oh, it really looks like you're going to have a, a bountiful crop. You know, you, you're going to have some good, good vegetables. And all of a sudden, here come all them worms begin to eat up on your crop. That's painful. And so, therefore, your, your harvest doesn't look like you think it looks. Now, let's, let's continue. Verse 7, it says, And also I have withheld the rain from you, and when there was yet three months to harvest, and I caused it to rain up, watch this, I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not it withered. So it's God's, God's power. God himself, he can cause the blessings to be on one person's life, and somebody else is over here in a drought. And that's, that's difficult. That's hard. That's hard. And it all had to do with the fact that they had strayed away, okay? Now, let's go back to, let's go back to Kings. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going back there. Now, we're almost done. Whew, it's hot up here. All right, now, he talks about how he sends him to a place of refinement. 
a place of purification. He, there he, he has a wooden woman right there to prepare for what he needs, okay? Now, fast forward. We're going to go fast forward. Looking at chapter number 18. Chapter number 18. Now, in chapter number 18, and we're going to look at verse, start looking at verse 41. But before there, because Elijah had to call the people into a place where they had to make a decision who they were going to serve. He says, you know, you're going to serve God or you're going to serve, or you're going to serve man? Who, who, who are you going to serve? Whose side are you on? Okay. He, the people had to make a decision. God, God allows him to have a, a, a magnificent victory. One man against 950 prophets. And then there was a drought, but they used water for, in the contest. I don't quite understand that. They used, they used the rain in, in, in the contest to prove to who God was, okay? Now, in, ver, in chapter number 18, beginning with verse number 41. Now, after all this takes place and he has this victory, and then 41 now, he, he, he's Elijah, he's at a place where he shows back up to the people. And they are afraid of him. Have anybody been so afraid of you, that of the God within you, that they just don't really want you around? Amen. I, I got some amen. They, they, look, they look at you and they, and they see God and, and they're scared to be in your presence. Amen. Well, some people say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you know what? It, it's how you perceive. It's your perception. What do you see? You either see man... Or you see the power of God working out of the man. When I say man, I don't mean gender because that can mean man or woman. You see the power of God begin to work out of that individual. Amen. Now, they were afraid of him. Can you imagine if somebody walked in here and said, okay, it's not going to rain for three and a half years and it happens. The next time you see that individual, are you going to welcome them to come? Think about it. You got to think about it. Are you going to welcome them to come? Now, you're in a drought, and they call for that drought. Are you going to say, come on in, take a seat? No, I don't think so. And then when he says to them, listen, go tell Ahab to meet me in a certain place, they say, no, because you'll disappear. Because, see, that's what happened with Elijah. See, when God uses you mightily, sometimes there are times when he just, I, I need you to shut yourself in. And people want to know, well, what happened to you? I always, I've always seen you on the forefront. Well, what happened to you? That's because God has you in seclusion. He has you in seclusion because he's getting ready to do something. Okay? Phenomenal. I mean phenomenal. Now, 1 Kings chapter 18, looking at verse 14, 41, 41. It says this. And Elijah said unto Ahab, because see, they, they give the message back to him. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Ahab, get thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a what? A sound of abundance of rain. To eat and drink, when you, when you look in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon is always talking about eating and drinking. It's a time of celebration. Now, it hadn't rained in three and a half years, and you have not come up out of the drought that you've been in for all this time, and somebody's telling you to celebrate. Can you get that? Somebody's telling you to celebrate. You've been in a drought for a very long time. Seems like nothing is going for you. And they tell you to celebrate. 
Throw a party. All because what they said. They said, Elijah, he says, I hear the abundance of rain. It hadn't rained now in three and a half years. Remember what the book of James said, James 5 and 17? It said we have like passions like him, right? So that means if we, we come under the, the, the concept and understanding that we can call those things that are not as though they were, we can call it into place. Those things that's in the spirit realm, we can call them down right here in the physical realm. It all, it's all about how we think. As a man thinketh, if you, okay, if you think I'm going to always be poor, poverty, you're going to all what? Always be what? Poor. Amen. If you think that you've got to be on the lower level entry on your job, then that's, that's the only place you're going to be. If you don't think promotion or that you're better than that or God has called you to another place, then you're going to always be on the entry level. Hey, I don't know about y'all, but I don't always want to be on the entry level. I don't care who I am. I don't want to be on the entry. That's the ground floor. God did not call us to be on the ground floor. Well, maybe some of y'all won't be on the ground floor, but I don't. <laughs> Amen. No. I'm the king's kid. You are the king's kid. And we weren't designed to be on the ground floor. But it's all how we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How God can have gifted us with, I mean, with just so much uh, wisdom and understanding and revelation. And when I'm saying gifting and revelation, I'm not always talking about the word. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about knowing how to do things, how to use your hands to do some things or how to, to come up with plans that other people have not come up with. I mean, God can put that in you, and you can take it somewhere, amen, because if you take it somewhere, that means it's not there anywhere. That means God has not allowed it to come forth from anybody's hand except your hand. God can bless you with a job. He can give you a job, and it can be a magnificent job, and we can be so afraid that we can't do it. It has everything to do with the way you think. If you don't see yourself in a better position, you'll never get in a better position. Okay, let me, let me get Okay, Now, one place, he hears the abundance of rain. Okay, there's no rain now. Hadn't rained for three and a half years, 42 months. But he hears the abundance of rain here. He hears it. He doesn't see it. He hears it. Before you can see it, you've got to hear it. You've got to hear it in the spirit realm. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing comes from where? The word of God. So if there is no word, that means there is no hearing. Because faith cometh by hearing the word of God. If we can't hear the word of God, then we can't see what God is trying to do. So what he sees now, he, he, he hears. He says, I hear the abundance of rain. He hasn't seen it, but he hears it. His faith tells him it is there. What is your faith telling you? What is your faith telling you? What situation that we are up against that our faith is speaking and say, you can overcome this? 
You've got authority over this. Faith cometh by hearing. The word of God says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth them out of where? Out of them all. We get afflictions and we sit down and have a pity party. But that's not what the word of God says. He says, yeah, you're going to have some afflictions, but you're going to be delivered out of them all. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're looking at. God said that situation is not going to always remain. God said that deliverance, hallelujah. He said deliverance is right at hand. It's right there. And when you believe in your prayers, you can rest assured deliverance will come. Okay, let me, let me, let me hurry. Let me hurry. Okay, now watch what he does. He speaks now. He speaks into existence that he hear the abundance of rain. Verse 42 says, so Ahab, he went up to eat and drink. He wasn't crazy now because he just witnessed the fact that they had been without rain, the divine blessings of God and the command blessings of God for three and a half years. And by that time, you'd be ready to listen to anybody. He was ready to listen. He did what the prophet told him. He said, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah, he went up to the top of Carmel, and he said, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. What did he do after he began to, to hear the abundance of rain? He goes back to his place of victory, Mount Carmel. That's where he defeated the 950, the 950 prophets. So whenever God speaks to us, we have to go back into that memory, into that all cow and those memories, and pull out that previous victory that you had. He pulled out that victory. He goes right back up to that place where he had that victory. Now, we have to, in our minds, here comes your imagination. In our minds, we've got to go back to that place where we killed that giant. The, the place that you kill that giant in your life, that's the place where you got to go back to. You got to go back to that place of victory. When you had your last victory, wherever your last victory was, that's the place that you go back to. You don't go back to all those little negative things before you had your victory. You go back to the victory. Okay? Once he goes back to the victory, he humbles himself. He humbles himself. He gets on his knees. The Bible says he bows himself upon his knees. His face is, is there to the ground. He's in a place of humility. God, sometimes God has to break us down because we can become too arrogant and too high-minded. He has to break us down. He has to bring us to a place of humility. Now, okay, now what happens here now, he says now, next thing he does in verse 43, he says, and he said to his servant, Everybody will not see what you see. When God speaks a word to you and you speak that word to someone else, everybody will not see what you see or hear what you hear in the spirit realm. All right, now, 43 says, And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked and said, There is nothing. He says he doesn't see. Elijah heard the abundance of rain. He sends a servant up to see what he saw. The servant goes up. He says, I don't see nothing. He says, there's nothing. 
Then Elijah says to him, he says, now you go back seven times. You go seven times. Okay. I said, God, what, what do you mean go seven times? Why did he send him seven times? He says the, the, the first time he went up, he had to understand you have, you have to be one with God. If you're going to be victorious in whatever God has called for you to be, you have to be one with God. The second thing is, God says when he sends him the second time, he has to understand that he's in covenant with God. Man is in covenant with God. The third time he goes back, God says the thing now he has to remember, he has to have a resurrected mind. Why do you think God tells us to, to uh, uh, be ye not transformed uh, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind? If your mind is not renewed, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to keep going around the same mountain. You're going to keep seeing the same scenery. You've got to have a renewed mind. It goes back to the, to the mind. It goes back to the mind. You've got to understand those memories are there. You also have imagination, but you've got to have perceptions. So what happens here now, your mind has to be resurrected. You've got to, thank you, Holy Spirit, you've got to change the way you think. Bottom line, you have to change the way you think. Example. Miss Doris was having some situations, but when God moved in her life, it's like a whole different person, jolly, excited, happy. And every time I'm talking to her, I'm like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, bless. I mean, she's just all in. She's energetic. A renewed mindset. When you, you have to receive what God is saying in order to get that renewed mind, and then you've got to act on that mind. See, you've got to have a resurrected mind. What do you see? What do you see with your mind? Is your mind resurrected, or do you still see the old way? Do we still see, I'm not going to come out of this? That's the old mindset. But the re- renewed mind says that we can, we can overcome through Christ Jesus. That we can do all things. That's why I have a problem when it comes down to say we can't, we can't do this, we can't do this, we, we, we can't put this song together. It's too hard. No, God didn't give us that kind of mind. He said we can do all things through Christ. Either we have that resurrected mind or we forever stay on that level. So, so we, we got to have a renewed mind, a resurrected mind. Wow. Praise God. What do you see? What do you see? And then the next thing is the fourth time he goes back, here comes the connection now with the mind, the body, and the spirit. Everything has come together, the mind, the body, and the spirit. There's a connection. The fourth time he goes up, he has to have everything has to line up. The mind, the body, and the spirit. Everything is connected because he's going to, to, to the fifth place, which is a place of grace. He has to understand that, that the place of grace can take us anywhere. Once we are connected, mind, soul, body, and spirit, grace will take us wherever God wants us to go. Then, then the sixth time he goes up, he goes up, you know, the six is the number of man. But the beauty of, of the seventh time, and I thought this was phenomenal when God gave it to me. He says the number seven, the reason why he told him to go up seven times, he said it's the 
finished work of God. When you go that seven times, it's the finished work of God. When, when Christ was on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Everything in our life is already finished. We just got to walk it out. It's the finished. You know, we hear people say, well, God's going to do this. No, God done done it. It's already written. It's already done. It's already done. It is finished. Mindset. Renewed mind. Watch what the servant sees as he goes up the seventh time. Verse 44. Verse 44 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time, which is the finished work of God. Do you not know we are the finished work of God? We are the finished work of God. If I see you, if I see you, if I see you, if I see you as the finished work of God, I won't see your flaws. Because then my mindset is different. My mind is resurrected. I don't see your flaws. I see the finished work of God. And when I see the finished work of God, then what I see is, 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 is a man and a woman that, that's made, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit, that's made in the likeness and the image of God. See, this is how, I, Brother Norris, this is how I have to see you. I have to see you just like I see myself and everybody else because God says we are made in his likeness and in his image. When I see you, I should see your, the likeness of God and the image of God. This is how I should use my mind to see it. Not to see you in whatever, you, whatever issue you got going on. Because we all got issues. And some of us think we got, we got issues and we try to hide our issues, but it don't work that way. We have to see the finished work of God. Let's see, it's the finished work. It's done. I mean, oh my. I, I, I see, sometimes I can see people and I say, okay. Oh I mean, they will brighten up your day. The finished work of God will brighten up your day. Every time Sister Joan walks in this church, she's got the biggest smile you ever want to see. And I see the finished work of God because, see, that smile can change someone's whole demeanor. I, I, sometimes when Philip, he, he, sometimes he come in, he be late or whatever, and he come, he be just a smiling. I mean, he be just a smiling. You see them big old white teeth. He be just a smiling. You can't get mad. And you know he laid. But that big old smile. I mean, that's the finished work of God. When you can walk into a room and change the whole atmosphere. The finished work of God. I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal. This is how we need to see people as the finished work of God. Don't see my flaws. Or I got a whole lot of them. But see the finished work of God in me. This is finished. You are finished work. I am finished work. You, those out there in the community, you are the finished work of God. Don't let nobody else tell you anything different. Because you are blessed people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Little Mary is the finished work of God. She is the finished work of God. And boy, I tell you, God did some great and mighty things in that little girl's life miraculous healing, things that didn't even exist in the, in the brain. God brought it forth, the manifestation of the power of God. That's why when, when people can come to me and say, this can't, no, I got to trust and believe God. There's nothing impossible with God. What do you see? What do you see? It's up to every individual. All right, now let's see what the servant sees. Let me, let me hurry on. I'm just going to get that. Okay, verse 44 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, now look at the servant, Behold, 
there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. What he did not see was the power of God coming up out of the spirit realm. It was the power of God that was coming out of the spirit realm. You remember now, everybody will not see what you see, okay? But the main thing is what do you see? This, this, the servant, he just saw a little hand, and it says, it's a cloud, look like a man's hand. I don't want to see a man's hand. I want to see the power of God. Amen. So that little hand represents the power of God. Then verse, the latter part says, and he said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare their chariots. Now listen, Elijah, he heard the abundance of rain. Now he's telling the servant, you go tell Ahab to get down, prepare your chariot, get down, that the rain do not stop. In other words, the blessings was going to flow, really flow. It was going to really pour down. And he sent that word. And verse 45 says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds, with the S, and rain. And there was a great rain, and Ahab rolled and went to Jezreel. He goes down to a place of blessings. And what's so amazing is the Bible talks about how Elijah outruns the chariot. Ahab is in a chariot. He's got horses driving a chariot. But Elijah is running before him and beats him to the entrance of Jezreel. So I said, Lord God, what does that mean? He says, whenever you allow the Lord to lead you. See, Elijah represented God leading Ahab because he, he, had, he had ran astray. He had gone astray in the whole nation because the Bible talks about he did worse than any of the kings. But now he is following the Spirit of God, and God is taking him to a blessed place. So what do you see? Do you see God taking you to the next blessed place in your life? Or are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you? And then you believe what God is saying. He said to them, that's going to be an abundance of rain. The, the servant just saw a little hand. Elijah, what, what manifests itself is that clouds with an S and the wind. All of that came. And, and it begins to pour down. God wants to pour down blessings upon our lives. But we've got to get in position. Got to get in position. What do you see? What do you see? Where is your mind taking you? Is your mind still at the old place? I can't do? Is the mind, is the mind still where we can't do? Huh? Can't in, in that program of can't do? No, 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 no. I don't care how many giants that comes up. He said, one man 